live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. Diaz ready. So is Neris. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Diaz goes down. And that is the ball game. For the fifth time in the last six years, the Astros are the best in the AL West. Tannehill takes, looks, guns it downfield. Picked off. Intercepted at the 45-yard line. Picked off by Matt Milano. Headed to the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Matt Milano. Touchdown, Buffalo. They are rolling him now. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Say goodnight to the Brewers. The Mets win, and they are in the playoffs. The New York Mets are officially postseason bound. They have defeated the Milwaukee Brewers tonight 7-2. This time, Hurts gives it off, and he runs with the football and keeps it and takes it across the five and rolls down to the two. And is he in? Yes! He is. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. That's magic. A great fake to Sanders, and then he kept it and ran around the right end and took it 26 yards for a touchdown. Punt, 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 downs, punt, half, fumble, punt, punt, downs, interception. The shot to FOIA wore me out last night. <laughs> Hour two, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you. A1 and turkey bacon. We're brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Tuesday, September 20. Happy birthday, Papa T. Going to get into some football talk, but. One more non can I get can I bring up like one more like uh, stupid thing and then we'll get into some serious sports radio stuff here. Yes, Not and remind stupid. me at some point I have a qu- off the air question that someone has asked you. So oh, go ahead, let's hit the off the air question. Uh, someone, uh, one of the Sooner clubs, he cut out on me on his phone, but I think he said Pennsylvania uh, was uh, watches in the booth and wanted to know if you could tell him what the different colored hats in the booth are for. I can. I can. Uh, so our statistician, Dennis Stats Kelly, is a super, uh, superstitious fellow. Genius. Um, mathematician and historian and um, is hilarious. But he's also superstitious. And he brings with him to every game somewhere from six to ten hats, I'd say. In his bag. He started hanging them up behind us. I don't know. Sometimes Dennis decides to decorate the booth himself without ever running anything by the rest of us. And we walk <laughs> in and he's decided he's going to hang hats on the wall. Right. So that's what he's decided. And so he's got hat. He will wear a hat until he decides the luck has ran out of that hat. And then he'll change hats. They're all OU hats. They're, even the green one. A lot of people comment on the green one. The green one's an OU hat. You know how, like, at uh, St. Patrick's Day, TJ, the OU baseball mm-hmm. team will wear green hats sometimes? Yes, I've it's got a green those. OU hat, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll wear a hat, and then if it's not going well, or like on the first drive Saturday, Nebraska marches down the field and scores, he'll like, whoop, that hat didn't work, and he'll put a different hat on. Sometimes he'll go offensive hat, defensive hat. 
So that's what the hats are about. It's him trying to find the hat that obviously is the reason OU is playing good football or isn't. And uh, so that's the story of the hats. Without a doubt, that's the reason. That's exactly right. That's got to be the reason. Hey, God, why did we lose that game back then, uh, 2021? Well, Dennis Kelly had the wrong hat on in the uh, radio booth. So, <laughs> Brent Venable's press conference today coming up at 11.15. We'll hear his thoughts on yeah, right. uh, the Nebraska win or um, and the upcoming game against K-State. Did you see the story yesterday, TJ, on the Arkansas fan that uh, bit the nose of the, uh, I guess they were a Missouri State fan. Did I didn't see that I did not see that one. I saw the, I know the Kyler Murray story you're talking about that you're going to get into, but I did not see an Arkansas fan biting another fan. A 53-year-old Arkansas fan was arrested after reportedly biting a man's nose in a parking garage near Razorback Stadium after the Hogs win against Missouri State Saturday. He was charged with terroristic threatening and third-degree battery for ripping the flesh on top of the nose. Oh, gosh. Oh. Help me with the backstory that leads to that. What leads to biting another person's nose? Um... Alcohol. Well, okay. That's (laughs) that's your answer there. Alcohol and an angry text uh, from someone that sets him off and he just like had a bad few hours. (laughs) Well, like of all the things that you could punch someone, right? You could shove someone. If it gets the biting of any kind, you've kind of lost your mind, much less going after somebody's nose. Like what? Are they? Is he in a headlock, and that's the only way to get out? Like I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure well, out. Well, I'm getting. Uh, this was a very, uh, you know, maybe a rich guy too that did this. Oh yeah. Someone you got more information. Me, someone just texted me. Said it was the Arkansas fan was the COO of the Beyond Meat Company, and they say cra- craving here. real meat maybe leads to all of that. That's, what, that's not. That's what true. this person's telling me. Well, that explains everything, doesn't it? <laughs> guy hadn't had. <laughs> Guy he's hadn't eating, had protein he's in a long eating, time. Uh, grass burgers. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait a minute. It, I, the Beyond Meat uh, COO is a, an Arkansas fan. That doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't. That yeah. you, know, you can't be a Razorback fan and that doesn't seem right. South Carolina coach Shane Beamer is apologizing again, TJ. Oh no. This, oh, no. This time for shouting at a group of female athletes to leave the field during a Title IX recognition in Saturday's game against Georgia. Oh, no. Shane, what are you doing? You can't do that. I bet he got a text he didn't like right before that. After the first quarter, South Carolina invited all 275 of its female athletes to the end zone. At Bryce Williams Sta- uh, Williams Bryce Stadium, as part of an ongoing celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the Gamecocks' offense was lining up for a fourth and nine play, but had to wait for the female athletes to exit the field before snapping the ball. ESPN cameras caught Beamer screaming toward the athletes and gesturing in frustration for them to get off the field. Quote. 
I apologize to anyone that I offended. Beamer told reporters he didn't know the ceremony would be taking place and had been debating what to do on fourth down when he noticed the group in the end zone. Uh, quote, we send our offense out there to go for it. They're on the line of scrimmage. George is able to see the formation we're in. We did what we were asked to do, and we were not able to snap the ball. I look down in the end zone, and I see why. My first initial reaction was to yell, get off the field. I had no idea who was down there. I can I can understand a lot of that then. Pressure situation. Trying to yeah, I can see that. I don't I don't have a problem with that too. South much. Carolina soccer player Jalissa Harris retweeted the video of Beamer's reaction and expressed her disappointment, writing, quote, We were on the field for maybe fifteen seconds, then screamed at to get off. If you want to honor female student athletes, then do that, not this. Mm. Not a good look, but I understand his reaction of what are they doing? Get off the field. I'm uh I've got a football game going on here. <laughs> so he'll make it up to him, I'm sure. I would say it's exacerbated by a lopsided loss uh to Georgia. Probably mm. everybody's yeah, a little on edge right now at South Carolina. They've started one and two. This is the second time in three weeks Beamer has had to issue an apology for something. Remember he snapped at a reporter right. uh, in week one. Last week he also came after Phil. Remember Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Phil. <laughs> Phil asked him a what question. What kind of question that he, is that? <laughs> what was it that Phil asked him? Uh, uh, oh, man. If his team gave up? Is that what it was? Did they give up in the second half? Something like Something that? Something like kind that. Kind of questions yeah. that, Phil. Phil. Kind of questions that, Phil. Oh, this is, I would say that um, likable, fun-loving, always pleasant Shane Beamer is stressed right now, Teach. That's it, the It feeling happens I'm with getting. all head coaches eventually. Mm-hmm. That will be Brent one day at a coach's show. What kind of question is that, Toby? Right. That's probably right. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, we had some fun off-the-air conversations last night, by the way. Uh, the fan and Kyler Murray story is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kyler wins the game. A heroic effort on Sunday. Unbelievable effort on Sunday. I, I think he needed that, by the way, Teach. I think I and a lot of people kind of forgotten how sensational that guy is, like, you know. And it was and, several plays where, that, you know, a couple of those where he's whew. just running all over the place for, gosh, 20, 25 seconds, and, which Incredible. seems like a lifetime in football. Nobody else can do that. No. No, nobody else who's ever played the game can do that. And uh, uh, when they win the game, he runs into the end zone, helmet off. Mm-hmm. Locks flowing, by the way. How about the yeah, hair he's got was, going on right now? He's got some hair going on. And some... Raiders fan from the second row reaches out and swipes at his face. Kind of rakes him across the face. And uh, Kyler didn't like it. And, uh, I mean, nobody would like it necessarily. Didn't look like he was greatly injured. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't much. It was, And he was up in the fans, like, high-fiving, hugging, and then turns away as that guy... I mean, there's some questioning whether the guy was trying to get involved and, and maybe high-five him, too. 
And just missed. And just missed and like kind of popped him on the cheek there. He's quick. He's hard to catch. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Uh, you know, whatever it was. You're giving the fan a pass here? Well, they said, you know, police investigation and this and that. And they've opened an investigation. I'm like, <laughs> it's not like they laid he laid Kyler Murray out or anything. It was, you can't do that if he was trying to be aggressive. But in the in the melee that was of the hugging of fans, and stuff, I don't know that it was. I, I don't know what happened. Like, all you see is that hand come out. Like in the last second, as he turns away, so I don't know. You know, maybe the other fans saw and it was more aggressive than what you could tell by the camera angle and the the shot that they have of it. So we'll see if another angle comes out that it, you know he was straight up trying to punch Kyler, but it was hard to tell with that thing. Yeah, it it did not cause Kyler any. I did have damage. to watch it two or three times before I found what they were talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I did too. That's what I'm saying. That hand just kind of is. Boom, and then you see it, and then it's done. So I don't even know how how much he connected to his the side of his face. It's not exactly like an Arkansas fan biting the nose of another fan. <laughs> no, no, and I've been sent screenshots. It is the COO of Beyond Me. So I've seen the mug shots now in the headlines. Unbelievable. <laughs> Does it say? Do you have any more of the story that what led to it's it? It's just screenshots like of it, so I can Google it up um, and see. But yeah, it's definitely that's the headline. What an embarrassing right, here we go. thing here we to go. happen to someone! Is to, uh, I've been arrested for Doug the Ramsey, nose of fifty-three. Another... Terroristic. You 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 mentioned the charges. Um, trying to get down. I mean, could there? Well, that seems like that's a way too scary of wording on the charges. By the way, Ramsey threatened to kill the owner of a Subaru in the parking lot. <laughs> maybe, oh, I didn't. Know maybe he was angry to kill drove him. a Subaru. I, I didn't know he threatened to kill him. <laughs> Uh, occupants got occupants got out of both vehicles. Uh, we're helping to separate the parties. This is road rage. Yeah, Ramsey was named the COO of Beyond Meat in December of 2021. Uh, this uh, this news station reached out to Beyond Meat for a comment, but have not received a response. So. This is parking garage road rage. Uh, after yeah. a game, yeah. got somebody cut in front of somebody else, or wouldn't let somebody in, or whatever. And it got out of hand. Ramsey was in the uh, allegedly in the traffic lane of a structure attempting to leave when the Subaru inched his way in front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger side yep. tire. Yep. Ramsey got out of the vehicle and punched through the back windshield of the Subaru. What? <laughs> yeah, he got out, allegedly punched through the uh, back windshield of the Subaru. The owner of the Subaru got out. Ramsey pulled him close and started punching his body. And then bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh from the tip of his nose. Oh my gosh! This is a drunken road rage incident. You touched the tire of my Bronco. Yeah, yeah. Hey, those post game traffic situations can get a little sideways from time to time. But that was almost the pickup line at my school yesterday when a car cut in front of me and two others, and cut us both off. Came flying in and just shot into the parking lot. So, I almost bit his nose off. <laughs> did you? Did I tried you punching did out the. Yell out I tried punching out the back windshield, but just hurt my hand, and then couldn't uh, use my weed eater later in the day. <laughs> my excuse. Seven eighteen. T row in the morning show on a Tuesday. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. If you want to text the show, we'll be back. The T row in the morning show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Four wheelers, side by sides, UTVs. 
travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby Exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you this hour. Brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Terry and Jackie Saxon. Saxon Realty. Home of the $8.99 listing fee. That's right. No hidden fees. Great customer service. Same you'd get from any other realtor out there. But a lot less out of your pocket. 405-361-3380 or Saxon realtygroup.com air comfort solutions text line ba boomer says wills for a weed eater like using a uh walker shuffle on thank you uh if you get wheels attached to your weed eater so you don't have to hold well, my, it with your tiny arms my battery one had a wheel that you just kind of guided along the sidewalk when you're edging yeah so, but it was an edger only? No, it was one that you could twist the bar and then you flip it and then it becomes an edger or a And it's trimmer. got a wheel already attached yeah, to it. Yeah, and it's already got a wheel attached to it, okay. yeah. Uh, sorry, can you guys recap why you keep referring to only having four listeners? Thanks. <laughs> no. Um, no. Well, yes, there are morons that work at the other stations. <laughs> Most of them young punk kids. I think there's one called Peter Porter, or I, I don't remember what his name is. They got another one, uh, Cotton Peter Swab, and Porter. some others. I don't know. They think they're tough on Twitter, and uh, then they wanted no part of the ref army on Saturday who exploded on them with over 550 comments, and uh, several of their comments I see have gotten deleted now. So um, they're morons. I mean, what, what, do you want me, what do you want me to say? Toby's going to run and hide. I'm like the COO of Beyond Meat. I'll bite your nose off, okay? <laughs> Just don't make me uh, have a weed eater fight. TJ's the pit bull. <laughs> Can't handle that. <laughs> Welcome to the Jiggly Jelly Jar and Jello Spaghetti Arms show. <laughs> this one says. You guys are making me laugh today out there. Uh, TJ, have you checked your testosterone level? You need to call the men's clinic. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, one of the morning animals? Uh, Toby and TJ in the morning, LOL. And then they've got the uh, screenshot from uh, grumpy old men. They're yelling what at each other. (laughs) Clown axe. I just walked into the middle of a Dr. Phil session. I'm just not sure which one was the doctor and which one was the patient. Good times, gents. Yeah, TJ was the doctor today and I was the patient. Yeah, He got me all straightened out. Uh, Baseball Ross. That's why I love, TJ always puts me in a better mood. That's why I love doing this show. That's not true. Always. There's many a times that you've left the show like uh, very frustrated. <laughs> uh, T. Row, a great song for quick uh, for quick recovery of your positive attitude in that kind of situation is "War Pigs" by Black Sabbath. Totally cheers me up. It's from Baseball Ross. Okay, I'll try that. That sounds sounds like that'll do the trick. Y'all need a weed wolf trimmer that mounts to your zero turn. We make them right here in Mound Grove, Oklahoma. And they've got a picture of it. Huh. Holy cow, look at that thing. Is that a real thing? I better. I don't know what you're looking at right now, but I bet our guys over Extreme Outdoor Equipment gotta, can help you out. You need this. i got to send you a picture of this. Let yeah. find Where are you? Let me find my camera. I am the bad boy of Oklahoma Sports Radio. All right, I'm sitting there. A weed wolf trimmer a sounds like wolf. something that's right up my yeah. alley. Uh, fitting new tennis balls to the walker while your boy does the yard work. <laughs> Whoa, look at that thing. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't even know what that is. It looks like it's something you would, uh, you know, go to a, a zombie uh, apocalypse uh, fight with, you know, and you're so taking out is, zombies or something. It's hooked to the mower? 
Yeah, that's hooked to the mower, and it flips up. That's sweet. Like, I don't know how it would work, how though. Does it do the, I, I could understand how you could weed it with it just around the edges, I guess, but seems like fitting in some tight corners and stuff, and I don't know how you edge with it. Interesting. It is interesting. Uh, Toby, how does TJ's yeah. puny weed eater arms affect recruiting? It can't help. <laughs> we'll have to ask Parker later today. I'm sure he's got some sources. Uh, sorry I missed it earlier if you talked about it, but the chewing butt comment last night was gold. General needs to give Coach a shirt that says chewing booty. <laughs> uh, wish I could play it for you, but we can't. But last night, we're talking about half times. okay? OU's been great. In the third quarter this year, They're, they've outscored their opponents 52 nothing, And so I was asking Brent about halftime. Tell, tell me about the routine. What what happens from when you leave the field till you come back on and the importance of, you know, getting the guys in the right mindset going into the second half to be able to play well? Because you've heard him say, I'm sure several times, TJ, there's nothing less important than the score at halftime. Right. And they have come out of the locker room raring to go. Through three games, they've been great. So... As Brent does, he goes into great detail about, and it's very interesting, about the halftime uh, routine, about how the coaches meet together and then they split off offense, defense. He was very funny about how he puts the projector in the middle of the room and puts the uh, you know, the, the slide over it and shows guys what they're doing wrong and what they fix, and then Teddy jumps in and go, you know, says something funny about it. you should see these projectors by the time Brent's done with it. It's just a big black blob of ink you can't even see anything <laughs> um it was funny but brent was also talking about you know did you got he was talking about kind of the chaos of halftime all right you got you got the offense over here you got the defense over here you got these coaches working you got the dietitians going around trying to give guys uh orange slices and uh granola bars or whatever they're you know a peanut butter and jelly oh rice crispy treats he was talking about and then you've got the trainers trying to work on these guys. And some guys are going to the bathroom and back. It's like, where'd that guy go? And somebody says, he's in the bathroom. And I said, there's no time to go to the bathroom, you know. And so it was, he was funny. And Teddy asked him, what do you have at halftime? Do you have an orange slice or a Rice Krispie treat? And Brent says, I don't eat. I'm too busy chewing butt. <laughs> So that's the comment that uh, the texter is referring to. Um, it was very. I would uh, encourage you. You can rewatch the show on ESPN Plus. Uh, it was. It's always a fascinating conversation with Brent. I very much appreciate how he will get into that stuff. He'll get into the weeds, you know, and behind the scenes stuff about riding buses to games and uh, the the highway patrol and how everything works at halftime. And last week it was the traffic on the headsets, how he's accidentally on the wrong. He's on the offensive headset when he's supposed to be on the defense. He's not afraid to kind of tell you some behind the scenes stuff that he doesn't talk about during press conferences or other coaches haven't been as willing to talk about in the past or even around the country, I would imagine. And it makes for good TV. It makes for good radio. So I love the fact that he's not afraid to be vulnerable and get into that stuff. And not everything is so highly top secret, you know, TJ. That you get. So anyway, I go back and watch it on ESPN Plus if you missed it last night. It's pretty good. Uh, I think some... that's one of the reasons our crowds are so big because he's very entertaining, TJ. Not just OU's three and O, and we love Brent. 
but he's really fun to watch. So what you're saying is Lincoln Riley wasn't. Lincoln is not as entertaining. No. Right, right. right. No. As long as you say it. it. Lincoln had the the, uh, segment that was unbelievable that went viral every week. But he was very closed. And I I would say this to Lincoln, and I think he'd agree. He was very uh, secretive about everything. It was hard to get anything beyond the surface amount of information about his football team or his football program or himself even really. Um, and Brent's just not that way. Brent will tell you, you know, I don't know if he'd tell you anything, but he's, he's highly entertaining and willing to kind of go into that behind the scenes stuff. That is a lot of fun. People love it. People love it. Uh, and I don't know if they were joking, but I'm glad you answered that because someone had text in asking how you watch the coaches shows from Rudy's, um, <laughs> ESPN plus. He's the bevel dozer. Dozers don't throw the ball. Come on, people. Does it bother you? Are you bothered by the the use of Davis Bevel? No. Are you bothered that they just ran the ball and tried to get out of there? My thing is you just run the ball and run the clock, and that's what you do. Like, you don't throw the ball all over the place stopping the clock when you've already got something locked up that way. One, you've got, yes, you've got a quarterback in there that people want to see. Uh, throw the ball, I'm sure, but that could lead to just stupid points that, you know, turnovers or whatever. Just run the ball and get out of there. Yeah, they turned it over handing it off on Saturday. Well, but, yeah. You know um, what I mean. Any concern at all that if something happened to Dylan Gabriel, Davis Bevel would not be in game shape because he hasn't thrown the ball around on the field? Um. Yes. Hmm. Yes. It seems like you just contradicted yourself. I just contradicted myself, there. yeah. <laughs> Well, I'd, I, even if he has been allowed in the last couple of games to throw the ball over the place, if Dylan Gabriel goes down, I'm very worried, regardless of what they've had him do uh, in, in mop-up duty at the end of games. You know who we haven't heard from yet is the Prophet this week. Remember, uh, was it on Friday well, he claimed that Dylan Gabriel was un- couldn't make something out of nothing? Those were a couple of texts I've got here. Toby, did we ever find out if Dylan could make something out of nothing? And this one says, did Toby ever give... Uh, Uncle, oh, this is Uncle, not uh, Prophet. So, a Prophet one, did we ever find out? And then, did Toby give Uncle credit for being right about the game Saturday? Well, Uncle's score was 69 nothing. We went over that yesterday. Uh, not as close as TJ's uh, score prediction, but still, both of them predicted a blowout, and they were right. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear from the Prophet again, because he was pretty adamant that Dylan Gabriel can't make something out of nothing. And that 61-yard yeah. run sure like like he made something out of nothing. Okay. So. He made Love something all right. Uh, Toby, just yell out Serenity now next time you're irritated. That's a good idea. And this one I love because it reminds me of my puppy that we're dealing with right now uh, a little bit. Kyler Murray runs like a toddler that grabbed your cell phone. <laughs> that's, my, that's our pug right now, man. If she's got a stick and you're trying to get her and get her to come inside, yeah. she's Kyler Murray on a football field, man. You are not catching that pug. <laughs> that's like a toddler with a cell phone. All right, break time. It is uh, Tuesday morning, September 20th. T-Row in the morning show. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Southbound again. TJ, how do you feel about a seven-layer dip? You know... I like them, 
but I'm not like blown away by them. Hmm. I'm fine with a one layer dip, just a bean dip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's some seven layer dips I really enjoy, and there's others that I'm like, eh, I can leave it. So it there really depends a, on the seven layer dip. I haven't had a seven layer dip in uh, years and years and years. And uh, Sunday night, we uh, our small group got together at my sister's house, and somebody brought a seven layer dip. And I was like, man, I miss a good seven-layer dip. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> so many layers, you know? And it's all dip. Just an explosion of flavor in your mouth, you know? I like the olives. Uh, I don't remember who brought the dip, but if you bring it again, let's leave the olives out next time, okay? I'm with you Not on big that. I always, I always scoop around the olives, so I'm with you. you could just six layers is fine. Or make it the seventh-layer jalapeno. That would be fantastic. <laughs> TJ, how's your gut feeling about Saturday early in the week? Kansas State's coming to town, and they've given us issues. Yes. And they're coming off a loss. True. The gut is not nearly as um, uncomfortable as it was last week. To be honest, the gut has been too worried about its wiggly arms that um, it hasn't been too concerned with Kansas State. So last Monday, uh, right away, beginning of the week, not a good feeling uh, early on. And I'm not saying good or bad. I just don't have the nervous energy. You're distracted energy. by the weakness of your arms. I, and, and I just don't have the nervous energy for this game as I did for the Nebraska Are game. you going to be there Saturday or are you going to the lake, the lake house? I will be. I'll be there. Oh. Laura Bull. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But yes. Okay. <laughs> you got to be there, man. It's a, it's the night game. The LED lights are going to be right? going. It's going to be right? a party. Yeah, no, we'll be there. We'll be there. You're going to go to the statue dedication at 3.30 in the afternoon, Central Time? Perhaps. I'll have to be there early to set up the tent and some other things at uh, Balfour, and then I'm going to leave for a little bit, and then I'll be back, so... Um, I might make it back there for the, the You're statue. You're setting up a tent at Balfour. No, no, the the tent and everything in the parking lot and the stuff uh, at Balfour is what uh, I meant by that, yeah. Boy, they've really suckered you into working on Saturday. I don't know. Something to do with a gimme zone. Something on? to do with a gimme zone. I don't know what's going on. I, That's I unbelievable. Now, am I still I'm, – I'm still on it too, right? I'm on an hour early this week. Yes, and I have warned your co-host who will be down at the tent during that hour uh, that you'll be with them. So uh-huh. please do not schedule any recruits that hour because Toby can't be on with them. So I took a, I well, took he care can of that talk. For you. He can talk, and I can just sit there and listen. Well, what he did last week, Parker Thune, you, you wouldn't, who you wouldn't about. be on. Then you would just sit there because he had the guys on for the entire show. Well, that's so true. That's well, what I, I was warning him for. Oh, so I, yeah. I don't want to get in the way of his groove there. I just got to <laughs> right. go over and be a part of the statue dedication. So I'll be about for uh, two to three on Saturday. Teddy uh, three to four. Chris will be uh, three to four over in the parking lot, uh, KRF Army tailgate. Parker then starts at one. Yes, one to three. Yes, at the at the at the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Tyler and Travis will be there. Mike Steely's going to be there. It's going to be a big party Saturday. Come see us. Hey, if you're a new listener to the ref, uh, come see us. Let us know you've made the switch. We love it. We probably got something free to give you. I don't know. We're always giving away stuff. TJ's definitely got koozies. Got koozies. We got t-shirts. Yeah. We got towels i don't know what all we got but uh, we'll give you something free uh be on the lookout for our new chewing butt t-shirt we got coming out so (laughs) it'll be coming out soon um let's talk a little ou football uh the defense after three weeks leads the nation still in tackles for loss 
with 32. They are number five in the nation in sacks right now, TJ, with 13. Had four more against Nebraska. They are allowing 2.7 yards per rush through three games this year. And they are giving up 10 points per game. Are you excited, convinced that this OU dif- defense is different? Or are you? is the jury still out because they haven't played anybody worth a hoot yet? Jury's still out, but I am excited. I, I see it. Like you, I think we mentioned it yesterday. Like You see the difference this season in what you saw the last few years. You see better tackling. You see guys uh, exploding to the ball and, and tackling much better and being in the right position. So you see it, but I do want to see it against a higher level of competition and offense, and that'll come as we go through the next uh, few weeks here. But I am extremely excited. There's no doubt there's a difference. It's taken it to a different level. We've seen the likes of Kent State and Nebraska and others that, regardless of whether you won the game or not, they were still putting points on you. They were still moving the ball up and down the field and and scoring on Oklahoma and the defense over the last several seasons. So there's definitely a massive improvement and definitely excitement with this fan base, and you can see it starting to develop. What is your evidence My eyes? All right. I mean, point totals, tackles for losses. I mean, everything you were just mentioning a minute ago. Statistical information. There's just, it's just, there's just proof there. But you're right in the the fact that I do want to see it at a, uh, I guess, well, a I'm higher level right. of competition. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm no, just you, you've said all here. along, you questioned Dylan Gabriel and his ability to throw the football. <laughs> you questioned this defense. You think they're a little bit soft. Uh, I mean, there's some things that you've I thrown out that. there over the last week or two that, you know, we've picked up on. Hmm. So you're convinced? I'm convinced it's going in the right direction, yes. I'm not convinced that this will be what they look like throughout the entirety of the season, but I am convinced it's going in a in a better direction. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I accept that answer. And I agree with that answer. Um, one, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that OU's got a better defensive coaching staff than they had the last few years. That's the biggest difference in uh, the coaching staffs is, uh, you know, the defensive side of the ball. Um. You can see it in the way that they're in the backfield and all the statistical stuff and the things you show with your eyes and that fact that they're not getting beat deep and they're rallying mm-hmm. to the ball. I do feel like we said all this same stuff the first year of Alex Grinch. And then kind of it went south. I remember like having Brian there Bosworth were, there was, there was on and people and going, there. man, it just looks different now. And look right. how they're running to the ball and look, you know, how they... Uh, remember the statistical numbers went way up the first year of Alex Grinch. Uh, the defensive stats they they went from like I don't know what they were to way higher, and we were all excited about the trajectory of the defense and everything. And then and then it went south and it didn't hold up. 
I don't think that's going to happen now. I mean, we the track record of Brent Venables is too proven. So, no, I think you're exactly right. This is uh, this is going to be fun to see the defensive side of the ball. I think be the strength of this team. Um, it are, it has been early in the season. Yeah, I was going to say it already has been. Yeah. Um, do you know who leads the nation in turnover margin? I do not. USC. Oh, I should have known that after. Plus 10. Yeah. Through three weeks. What's funny is they're plus 10, and everything you hear nationally about them or anyone talking about them is how bad their defense is, that they've looked good offensively, and they've – uh you know, obviously got things rolling on that side of the ball, but how bad they look defensively. I haven't watched them. Are they? Are people moving the ball on them? They're just yeah. forcing turnovers? They're Is just forcing the turnovers, but people are moving the ball on them. I, I, I'm with you. I've only seen a little bit of them. Um, oh, whoever they played the week before last, I, I saw a little bit of that. But um, They gave up 17 to Fresno, 14 to Rice, 28 to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. A, a lot of people that I've heard talk about them that have watched them closer than I have has said that that's the deal, that teams are still moving the ball up and down the field on them. But they've been uh, opportunistic with the turnovers. Is USC good, TJ? <sighs> I think so, but... Did you predict 6-6 six and six this year? Yeah, I'm going to be wrong. Because mm. a, a couple of those losses... Have already uh, been wins for them. Stanford, I thought they would lose to, and um, seemed like there was one other early in the year that I thought would be questionable for them. Hmm. So they're better than what I thought they were going to be. Quicker. Seven forty nine. We'll be back. This hour of the T Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Call Terry or Jackie at four zero five three six one thirty three eighty. He's Toby. I'm TJ. It's Papa T's birthday. Hi, everybody. Perhaps the biggest star of the show now exploded onto the scene last week. Papa T, happy birthday. Saxon Realty Group. The eight ninety nine listing fee with Terry Saxon. Find out more, 405-361-3380, saxonrealtygroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, Toby, are you calling Brent Alex Grinch? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Just asking the question. I'm hearing some familiar. I, now, I, I'm hearing familiar things to what we said early in the Alex Grinch era. But track record tells us Brent Venable is a significantly better defensive mind. Here's, so, here's, in the long run, I think that. Uh, Things will con- not only continue the way they're going right now, but get better. That's my prediction. And when you asked, are they good? Is USC good? Yeah. So I watched some of the Stanford game, and here's what I feel about them. I feel like I'm watching his Oklahoma teams in yellow and white jerseys. Okay. They're- I cannot disagree with that, but – Here's my problem all along for the people who say USC is going to be terrible under Lincoln Riley and have six wins and stuff like that. Those OU teams went to college football playoffs and won 10, 11, 12 games a year. Yes, but there was a drop-off every year. Yeah, but they went 11-2 and two last year. In, eh. the, in the worst year of his tenure, they went 11-2. and two. Well, that's what I'm saying with him, though. He's, 
He's the same guy. It's the same team. Agree. And he jumped to a conference that he knew the level of competition wouldn't be the same. So he's Pac-12 good. Agreed. He's going to get destroyed when he goes to the Big Ten, if he ever makes it there as the coach. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, is the Big Ten any good? Compared, uh, there are significant upgrades in a lot of teams uh, compared to the Pac-12, in my opinion. With the Michigans and Ohio State, what did Wisconsin, just Wisconsin would probably uh, Wisconsin would probably win the Pac-12. Most Wisconsin years. just lost to Washington. Uh, they would State, probably dude, they would probably Madison. win the the most years though is what I'm saying. I don't know. Penn State, they're better uh, than the Pac-12. There's no Ohio State. I don't. Know, I was going to say or Michigan. Uh, Oregon's as good as Michigan is, and Oregon beat Ohio State last year. But there's no Ohio State in the Pac-12. But the big the Big Ten's better than the Pac twelve. Can you is. just let me hate on the man? I I'm glad to join into the hate. The idea that USC is not going to be any good under Lincoln Riley and completely stink every year is just wishful thinking. It's just wishful thinking. Like, if the guy knows how to coach, and they're going to win games, are they going to win national championships? No, because they're going to be too soft when they get to the college football playoff. Well, then what does it matter? What are we discussing here? That they're going to go six and six and stink. That's silly. Six and six, eleven and two, and not winning a championship—all the same to me. <laughs> well, that's good. That may be true. They're not going to win championships. They're not going to win national championships. We can agree on that. They're going to be in the in the twelve-team playoff. USC is going to be around. The Big Ten West is terrible, this texter says. That's At true. Oklahoma That's has true. a better head coach now than they had before. All of that can be true. All of it can be true, and it is, but yeah. I want to take it to a different level of hate than you do. <laughs> 8 o'clock, we'll be back.